Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 355, covering Harbinger and Doctor's Orders. Mm hmm. Yeah. Have I opened with that one before? I need to keep a list. Uh, of the size we've made as we as we spring into each new episode of Enterprise? Are you trying to say snap in? That common expression? Yeah, snap we're snapping into, into a new episode of Enterprise. Right. Just like Macho Man Randy Savage used to do when he would watch Enterprise. I bet there was less violence, like undeserved violence in wrestling than there is on Enterprise. Well, I mean, that's the nice thing about wrestling is that everyone who gets hit with a chair deserved to be hit with that chair. Right, and and I don't watch wrestling, but I understand that, and I understand mm-hmm. that guys really build up a reputation for being, like, bad guys so that then when you see them get hit, it, it, it appeals to your base nature. Whereas yeah. in Enterprise, we've spent four whole uh, Star Trek series getting familiar with the idea of meeting new civilizations and becoming friends with them, and now instead we just beat them up. With a chair, yes. Uh-huh. Sometimes with a chair. With the greatest captain in all of Starfleet, Jonathan Archer. Ugh. You had mentioned in our in our pre-show chat that we should start some kind of, like, tally board, some mm-hmm. kind of, like, torture of the week corner or something, yep. and uh, I concur. Just, just to reflect on the torture that uh, heroic starship, starship captain Jonathan Archer inflicts on whatever rando hoves into his field of, field of vision. Yeah, that's a thing we should definitely keep track of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but I don't also want to go back and, and do it. Yeah, we'd have to put in, like, a buzzer sound or something. Yeah, yeah. No, that's too much work. Never yeah. Mind. Oh, also, before we begin, before we before we start talking about this week's uh, stellar episodes uh-huh. of, of Enterprise, uh, I need to make an important uh, correction, retraction. This is this is serious. Put, put mm. on your serious face. We're going to stop making jokes for a minute. This is something I legitimately regret. Last week, I, uh, I incorrectly uh, corrected Brian. When he called the uh, expanse that Enterprise is in the Delphic expanse, I told him that it wasn't. Mm. Apparently it is. Uh, I, I regret this error and any uh, any discomfort or inconvenience it caused you or your families. So I, I apologize for that. Uh, all I can do is say I'm sorry and move forward. I, I regret it. I seriously regret doing that. Mistakes were made. Meanwhile, meanwhile I quietly changed the name of the expanse in my summary. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do also call it the Zindi expanse, so you're safe. What what I was confused by was there is a whole series of books that you're probably more familiar with than I am, mm. uh, where there's an expanse, and is it the Typhon Expanse? Oh, is that what I'm thinking may, of? that might yeah, I remember those fucking books. They weren't yeah. very good. I they don't sound the premise didn't sound great, but I thought they invented an expanse for a series of books, and I was right about that. But I thought it was the Delphic mm. Expanse, and that's actually what they call it in the show. So uh, once again. Deepest condolences for any um, any casualties suffered by anyone by from my... the Delphic Expanse. We can only apologize. Yeah, look, I'm, I all I can do is try to be more woke every day and try mm-hmm. not to uh, offend people. Also, not make light of people who are genuinely offended. So, also, I just did another shitty thing. I just keep doing it. Just keep digging myself a hole. All right, this show's canceled. <laughs> Start over. No, no, we are. Fucking two-thirds of the way through this garbage heap, and we are going to finish. <laughs> and with that, let uh-huh. me tell you about Harbinger. Oh, that's a great title. 
I, isn't it just? Uh-huh. Our story begins with Trip having sexy rubdown times with not to Paul, but some other pretty lady instead. My mind is completely blown, Enterprise. Since Trip and T'Pol are so clearly destined to be together, and I know this because they're constantly, well, not so much showing me as telling me. Anyway, since their coupling is obviously an indisputable fact, I don't know what to do with this information. Neither does T'Pol, apparently, and she starts getting super jealous. Like, sitcom wife's jealous. Uh, which is completely in character for both her and any other Vulcan character. Man, this show really gets Vulcans, huh? Meanwhilst... Malcolm and Major Hayes, the guy in charge of the Space Marines that I guess are called Makos, I know this because they say Makos about 6,000 times in this episode, Exocomp, uh, are still fighting. Like, literally hitting one another. Oh, it starts as a training drill, but ends up with the two of them bouncing around in that ridiculous old-timey fisticuffs pose, like you see things that uh, reference the 1920s. All of that tension has to go somewhere, and that's where it went. Just like with Trip and T'Pol, who actually strip naked and fuck in this one because, ah, why the hell not? It was time. So, with two different pairs of characters consummating their tense relationships in different ways, let's check in on the captain, who's also hooking up with his OTP this week, Torture. Turns out Enterprise has found some flaky alien from the cracked Adobe planet inside a giant jello mold. And since the guy won't answer Archer's simple questions, the next sensible option is to make him suffer to get the information. You may think we're exaggerating all this torture stuff, but I assure you, we're not. Here's my quote, if you don't believe me. I want to talk to him again. I don't even know if I can revive him. Find a way. Captain, this man is dying a painful death. To keep him conscious is unethical. Until I get the answers I need, we're going to have to bend a few ethics. Eventually, Crumbly Man turns into some kind of ghost from another dimension or whatever. You know, the usual Enterprise bullshit. And in the most stunning twist of all, he actually turns out to be a bad guy. This twist is only stunning if you have been stu literally stunned by a sharp blow to the head. Which, honestly, I found myself praying for rather than facing 40 or more uh, so episodes of this garbage. Oh my god, are there really 40 more episodes left? Something like that. There's there's almost exactly 100, which makes it easy to keep track. Like, there's oh, 98. dear. So, and we are at episode, like, 60-something. Oh, so over halfway. Yeah, we no, halfway was at the end of season two because there's four seasons. Sure. So... Yeah, there's still, I think we're at like, I don't know, 65, 70, somewhere around there. So there's 30 or 40 more episodes. To mm. Now, I want to take a minute to um, just be impressed by how long, by how you were able to summarize an episode, which, it, as far as I could tell, was about nothing. Oh, nothing happened. And the thing is, I usually like, I'm usually the first one to sing the praises of an of a quiet character episode where we just have different pairs of characters mm -hmm. working out their, their differences or bonding over something interesting or whatever, but that's not what happened here. No, I mean, like, the main, the main pull of this episode is about a character I don't like and a character I have to remind myself regularly exists. Uh, now you, you, you mentioned that. Other. You, you said that the exact way earlier. Now, mm -hmm. which one is which? Uh, the British one is the one I don't care for, mm -hmm. and the complete blank slate who okay. leads the uh, Space Marines is the one I don't know anything about. That's fair, but I mean, also, it could very easily be the other way around, because mm -hmm. that Space Marine guy is the guy who wouldn't take orders from T'Pol for no reason other yep. than the obvious. And uh, Malcolm, we know almost nothing about him except that he likes pineapple. So. I'm starting to think that he that might be a ruse to keep us on our toes, too. Uh, I, you're giving them far too much credit. Like, at the end of that episode, when they're like, we know you like pineapple, he's like, bleh, and scraping it into the trash can. Is he? 
Sure. I don't remember. Wait, no, not remember, care. I don't care. Yeah, there you go. No, I I mean, I'll give Malcolm a little bit, or the writers probably, I'll say. I'll Mm -hmm. give them a little bit of credit. Malcolm has not done anything creepy this whole season. Like, they seem to have fixed that about him, I'm prepared to say. Which is a plus. Yeah, he's no longer leering at all women and talking Mm -hmm. about T'Pol's bum and such. I still don't care for him either. You're right. Well, the thing is, if you take the creep factor away from him, then he's just nothing. Another nothing character for this show. But remember when Tom Paris stopped being kind of a douchebag and started being kind of likable? Like, they they replaced his less favorable qualities with charm and, you know, an interesting relationship with Bellana, and they they have done nothing with Malcolm. Yeah, no, they forgot to to do that part of the fixing Malcolm's character. It's like they they took the oil out of the car, but they didn't put more oil in. Cars need oil to go. I I don't know if you knew that. Cars and security officers. (laughs) Yes. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Not like it was a very slow episode and not mm-hmm. in that way that like some of the better episodes of like DS9 were where it's just oh, like, yeah. uh, like the, the space sailing one. I love that one. Explorers mm-hmm. where it like not much happens. Uh, no, but it's such an important episode about, uh, Cisco and, uh, 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 Lil Cisco. Yeah. How ben am I? Jake. Jake. Jesus yeah. Christ. It's early is my well, excuse here. And, and in fairness, uh, Sarah Clofton did not appear in so many episodes. <laughs> It's easy to forget. I haven't rolled that gem out in a while. Yeah. Which is um, odd because Sirik Lofton hasn't appeared in any of the episodes we did for this <laughs> series or Voyager. Yeah, we haven't seen Sirik Lofton appear in any episodes for like three years now. Sirik <laughs> Lofton, you're really laying down on the job of being in Star Trek. Now, I'm wondering if he uh, appears in the uh, forthcoming uh, DS9 documentary. Oh, Maybe. Because I know Avery Brooks didn't, which is unfortunate. That is too I, bad. I understand he's not super keen to talk about Star Trek anymore. Some guys are just like that. That's fine. I mean, you know, if it's not your thing, that's fine. I yeah. think he's fascinating in an interview, though, so. Oh, I agree. But if they couldn't get him to talk about the show, I mean, as I understand it, Ira Stephen Bear was the one who put that together, and he can be a bit belligerent. And he probably said, I don't want to hear your jazz bullshit. I want you to talk about Star Trek. Well, and then I'm not Bro- interested. And Avery Brooks was all like, Be-ba-ba-ba-do-do. all right, we're done here. <laughs> Talk to you for the 50th, Avery. So long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need more blue hair dye. He's got a blue beard. He's, he's a strange little man. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So where do we start on this mess? Okay. Well, we talked about British and Blandy. So. Not, there's a guy we know named Blandy. It's not that guy. No. It's a guy who is bland. Yeah. Uh, actually, this is this is my bad thing. Like, uh-huh. I had a veritable smorgasbord of things. Uh, oh also, yeah, you cannot use the word veritable without following it by smorgasbord. Like no, those words are basically the same word uh, of choices to go with this week. I decided to go with the sad dick measuring contest that Malcolm and Hayes are having because mm-hmm. we set this up at the beginning of the season, and it's still like they tried to remind us a bunch of times. I think they thought they were being clever by maintaining uh-huh. this and then paying it off here, but it was tedious the first time, and now it's just. Uh, still really yeah. the, the thing is Hayes doesn't show up enough for me to keep that in my head mm-hmm. so it's mostly just Malcolm being grumpy no and honestly the space marines were a thing I think we were both on board with like mm-hmm. this is an interesting and honestly the idea of that tension of of you know of uh, these guys are for fighting these guys are ostensibly for exploring but they have to fight sometimes like they they come at it from different ways and Malcolm did make a good point in this, which is like, yeah, these guys are mostly fighters, 
but we're literally the only humans who have been out here fighting people. Yeah. So I know more about fighting aliens than anyone right now. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. But he doesn't make it very well. No, no. I, what I'm saying is there's there's potential there. The potential of the Space Marines being there and the conflict between mm. them and the Starfleet guys is interesting in theory, but they don't pay it off at all. You know what's good for this is something that Star Trek has done mil- millions of times before, uh, which is stick these two guys on a planet and make them work together. Mm-hmm. That would be something instead of because what this is, is uh, Hayes wants to train everybody in how to fight. So mm-hmm. they all pair up. Uh, Travis gets out the guns. And, and there's a there's an audible gasp from everyone watching where his just giant arms show up. Just always feel like I need to point that out. <laughs> but um, I look, he's he's a very handsome man with a shirt off. I'm just uh-huh. no. Look. Um, but it's like it's just. Malcolm's like, well, I don't want to do it. And I told the captain I don't want to do it. And you went over my head. So meh. Oh, and- there's a there's a great petulant little scene where they're having an argument over when they should have the the exercises. Yeah. That oh, goes and that's, on that's their whole argument. Well, I want to do it in the evening. Well, I want to do it in the morning. Well, then I don't care. <laughs> like, I outrank you. So we're doing it in the evening. Yeah, that's basically what it comes down to. And it's not great. Really endearing this character that we've, you know, seen grow for the past three years. But it, again, this, there's potential here. There's mm-hmm. like similar to what we had on DS9 where you had the Bajoran militia guys and you had Starfleet and they're not the same organization, but they have to learn to work together and they yeah. don't have the same style like that. They got some interesting stories out of that. Kira learning that. Yeah, she didn't want Starfleet here, but also they're the ones who get shit done. So sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to do it their way. Like, yeah, it was interesting. But this is not interesting, mostly because neither of these characters. Also, they brought in fucking Daniel Day Kim, who is one of the best, like, character actors on TV around this time. Mm -hmm. And, like, once as a space marine, maybe twice. Yeah. Why isn't it him? Like, oh, yeah, right. And Hayes is bland as hell. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not just another fucking blonde white dude. Yeah, they have they have access to better actors because we've seen one. Mm hmm. And he would have been a much better choice. I don't know if he could make up. Like, I don't know if he could carry himself and Malcolm, but he'd be better than this guy. I don't want to be on that. I don't want to be on that show. Oh, well, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I Lost was starting up at this point. He probably just jumped mm-hmm. ship over there and, you know, good for him. But, you know, just they, they have access to better actors. Yeah. Why, why do we get this guy? Or uh, maybe it's not his fault. Maybe it's the writing. I can't really tell. It can be both. Yeah. With bad this, bad writing, the writing bad, and something. Dr- bad acting, bad show. Yeah, well, yes, it is a very bad, bad show. Bad show, OB. Bad show. Get in the corner. <laughs> uh, speaking of bad, what was your bad thing? Oh, what did I choose to pick? Oh, yeah, so to Paul and Trip, getting back to the other uh, uh, subplot in this episode. Finally bang in this episode and get that stupid sexual tension garbage out of the way. Fine, I don't like it, but at least you did it. But then they decide not to do anything about it so that we can just get right back to will they, won't they I think, yeah, they want to have it both ways. They want them to do it and then to go back, like you said. Mm-hmm. But also, they wanted to have a moment where T'Pol was being all cold and Vulcan about it. Yeah. Saying, I just wanted to explore human sexuality, and now I've checked that box, so we can go back to normal. And Chip's yeah. all like, yeah, me too. That's fine. I didn't want to have sex with anyone any- but anyway. Yeah, Damn okay. it, I want to have sex with everybody. <laughs> I mean, consensual sex. I'm not Malcolm. Well, I'm not disgusting. I'm yeah. adorable. <laughs> But, yeah, it felt like, we talked about this, it felt like 
the writers said, okay, here's our plan. By mm-hmm. this point in the series, these two who we hinted at in the pilot would hook up, will hook up. And they haven't really put any work in apart from the dumb, sexy rubdowns. Yeah. So it's why? L- it's like uh, when I learned I learned how they were ma- how they made uh, Breaking Bad a couple of years ago, and they would have like big whiteboards with like, okay, these are the beats we got to hit this season. Yeah, this is the episode where that beat happens. It feels like they did that, except they forgot any of the beats leading up to this one. Yeah, no, I do that with my dumb amateur like soap opera production that mm-hmm. I do. You know, as a guy who makes his own thing, like that's basic writing one hundred and one. That's not yeah. like if you're doing serialized storytelling, that's how you do it. You write an outline. Like, any writing teacher will tell you that. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. No, and and also we got the long, lingering male gaze shot of her ass. Oh, yeah, make sure we get that in. Uh, no, no shots of uh, Tripp's ass for whatever reason. No. Apparently, when it aired, uh, that was cropped out in some markets. And, of uh, course. The, uh, the Blu-rays that you and I are working off of did mm-hmm. choose to show that, so, okay. Ugh. <sighs> Make sure you get make sure you get that in there for uh, uh, for Rick. And the thing is, we're not prudes. We like a pretty lady or a pretty yeah. dude, but like, stop! Like, there's a way to do it, and this is not the way. It's just, it's it's so it's so crass, you know. Yeah, it is, and obvious. Just like, how about a sexy ass? Yeah. Uh-huh. No, thank more you. bums. They have managed, they just, they, they make me want to, like, just not think about sex. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like the old, you know, the old joke, think about baseball. So you can, like, you know, stay Mm -hmm. in the, stay in the moment. And now I just think about Enterprise, the least sexy thing. Makes me yearn for the days of uh, the sad sex planet from TNG where everyone ran everywhere. (laughs) At least that was stupid and ridiculous, you know? Makes me makes me learn for makes me yearn for the uh, subtle respectful tones of Mud's women, or or that episode where Riker had to wear the skirt because they were on the planet where the women were in charge. Mm-hmm. So much, so much better. Mm-hmm. See, that's a big whiteboard that Gene walked in and wrote Riker in a skirt? Question mark. Then he left. Yeah, oh, that's my grand vision. I'm late for my, to get the eggs picked off of my sweater vest. Hmm. <laughs> Hmm. Probably be dead soon. <laughs> Ocean breeze soap. Yep. Uh, what did you have for a good thing? I like the space blob they fight. It was real cool looking. Reminded me of the giant amoeba from the original series. Another oh, thing I, I miss. Actually, it uh, reminded me of the pink slime from Ghostbusters 2. Yep, also good. Uh, I didn't think the CG had aged. Like, some of the CG in the show still looks pretty good. Mm. I didn't think it aged very well. I like, again, I always give them, like, the benefit of the doubt and say, you know what? You tried. This is something I, a little different. The they were always working with the best uh, yeah. the best tools they had at the time. Like, Yeah. No, it, I just, some things still look good, and this mm. I don't think did, is all. But, I'm not, like, if I were, if I had to rate this episode, that would not be points against it. Yeah. Like, if I were giving it a number rating, I would not factor in. The effects haven't aged because at mm. the time they look pretty good. And, and again, I respect them trying to do something new. Yeah. And that's where they pick the flaky guy out, which is our, our third plot. Yeah. The flaky guy is h- hiding in a tube in the space blob. Mm-hmm. And they and pick him out with a uh, with a the, the the claw game. The grabo uh, arm, which I, yeah. I do actually like. We haven't invented uh, uh, tractor beams yet. So they have to use a, a, a actual manual robot arm for it. And Malcolm's frantically trying to pick, trying to get the lobster flute. <laughs> Drag. 
I don't know what that is. It's a Simpsons joke. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, that was Otto. Okay. Yeah. Like, who, Otto's who the hell's lo- voice uh, from the Simpsons a, is a, that? It was a harmonica, lobster harmonica. Right. No, I remember now. That's, ah. It's because you said flute, Matt. Jesus. Yeah, no. Get with it, man. <laughs> you know, Otto's lobster ocarina. Because <laughs> it's lobster Weird. piccolo. No, it was like, okay, uh, there is a minor spoiler in uh, Memory Alpha. Do you mm. Do you care? Not at all. Okay. These are the guys who built the spheres that they're trying to find. Oh, all right. Which we'll find out, I guess, next week or soon. We so I, it doesn't spheres. really ruin anything for us, but uh, what's up? We built these spheres in outer space. In the Delphic Expanse, which is the real name of the place. <laughs> uh-huh. Say it with pride. The Delphic Expanse. No, no, Delphic. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> all right, this episode's over again. With a f- fuck with a PH. Oh, man. Um, this is the worst day ever. But they pick him out of the thing, and then Archer's like, why are you there? I don't have to answer you. All right, Flox, unplug the life support and let him be in pain for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, that's seriously no shit what happens. Put him on the floor. I want to step on his neck. Like, and it, all he wants to know is who are you? And like, we yeah. we just picked your body out of some place we don't belong in. Now mm-hmm. tell us what we want to know or we'll make you suffer. Put me back. No. Yeah. It's not... It's not even a ticking clock situation this time. It's like no, he's just mad and bored. It's like when you eat a potato chip and then you're like, well, I guess I got to eat more potato chips. Like mm-hmm. he has, he has now eaten the potato chip of torture, and now he's uh-huh. gonna eat the whole fucking bag. Oh, and he's gonna love it. He's mm-hmm. gonna enjoy the whole every thing. second not, of it. Just like it's not like when your parents catch you smoking a torture cigarette and they make you smoke the whole torture pack. Yeah. No, he's going to love this. Well, and you know what they say, once once you pop an eyeball, the fun don't stop. <laughs> yep. Snap into someone's neck. <laughs> now, the the look of the guy was cool. He was just like like I said, sort of a crumbly. Yeah. Like he looked like he was made of adobe that was out in the sun too long. He had exposed skull, which is always my favorite uh, makeup in a Star Trek show when uh, someone's sick. I can never tell with you because sometimes you think the grotesque makeup is cool and sometimes you think it's gross. I'm complicated. Uh, I think arbitrary is more the word. Uh, that works, too. There's no discernible pattern. Mm-hmm. And you can't volunteer one, so I think it's just random. That can't refuse. <laughs> ah, fair enough. Maybe contrary is the word you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. Contrary? Uh, my good thing. Is that What's right? that? Is it contrary? Contrary? I've heard both. Like, you say, I am a contrary person, but uh-huh. you say, on the contrary. Uh. So I think This episode's it... over. <laughs> Stop ending the episode. <laughs> if you end it, we just have to do it again. Oh, man. Yeah. And I enjoy your company, but I do not enjoy talking about Enterprise. <laughs> I enjoy your company for about an hour and a half. <laughs> Look, once we start talking about Discovery, like, oh. then it'll be like, Hanging out with my friend and watching a show I want to watch, then then mm. it'll be good. But now it's like 50-50. Well, get to hang out with Matt, but I gotta watch Enterprise. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great. Uh, my good thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, the one funny moment, and it, it was it was agonizing. This whole slog of of Malcolm and Hayes fighting each other first verbally, and then with like dirty looks, and finally physically. And again, like I said in my summary, they were really bouncing on their knees. Like moving their uh, fists in the windmill, like in front of their faces, they look yep. like fucking like twenty strong men. It was absurd. Bully, yeah, it, bully. That's the word. Yeah, but but there's a point where they're just full on 
fight like they live alley fighting just mm-hmm. across the ship and it just never ends as a long scene. And at one point, this random crewman walks by, sees what's happening, and his eyes go wide and he just slowly backs away <laughs> and gets back in the turbo lift. And I don't know if it was played for comedy or if that was the extra just throwing something a little extra in there. Mm-hmm. But it was it was a legitimate funny moment. It's like, oh, I'm just going to go to work. Nope. Ah, uh, you know what? I'm going to come back when Kylo Ren isn't trying to kill a computer. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly it. I mean, that was clearly played for laughs. I couldn't yeah. tell here, but it was very like, oh, that's my boss and his boss having a fist fight. I'm going to have to write this in a report if I stick around. Goodbye. You know what? I wonder what's for lunch today. <laughs> yeah. I, it was, I mean, it, it lasted all of three seconds. Sure. It made me laugh. You take what you can get. And that's delightful. Yeah, it was. It really was. Plus, I can't say Porthos every time, especially since we have a Porthos-heavy episode coming up. Yeah, I don't think he was in this one. I don't remember what I put for my good thing, but it's surely that. Mm-hmm. We'll find out in a moment. Yes. Uh, do you have anything else about this one? I already played my uh, quote, so I think... Not really. Let me see done. here. Let me just take a look at my notes here. Malcolm owns a diving helmet. Yeah. Just... Well, he comes from not the Malcolm family. Tripp Trip owns a diving helmet. Oh, no, no. I thought... I, I didn't remember, so I took your word for it, because it's like, well, it comes from a naval family. But Trip, nope. I don't know. I mean, who knows? I use it for swamp diving. Yeah, probably. Probably goes and finds old people's jewelry that dropped off a boat and goes and sells it at the pawn shop or something. Mm-hmm. It's how you get crawdads. Or, like, arms that gators bit off probably have, like, watches on them and stuff. Ah, look at this old wedding ring. Mm-hmm. Finally, I can I finally I can convince Mary Sue to marry me. Oh no, Florida's gone. <laughs> ah, hell. Throws his hat down and stomps on it, but it's a diving helmet, so he's ruined it. <laughs> Damn those Duke boys. <laughs> All right, anything else? Uh, no. What do you got for an alternate title? Uh, it's impossible to make an alternate title when something didn't happen. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with uh, a play on the actual title, uh, Harbinger. I went with Hamdingers. The thing is, Harbinger makes the Hamdingers makes about as much sense as Harbinger. No, the idea is that the crumbly guy is a harbinger of the the, the bad things that are in the expanse. Mm. But right. it's still dumb. Uh, this just sounds like they pulled it out of the old jar of sci-fi sounding titles. I mean, it they absolutely did. But I think that's what it, that's that's the meaning that I took. I could mm. be wrong, or maybe it's a harbinger for here's a bunch more bare ass to Paul. It's a harbinger of further episodes of Enterprise. <sighs> well, it is that. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, let's. Speaking of further episodes, boy, I am the master of the segue. You sure are. We're all very proud of you. Why don't you? Ch- okay. Look before you before you talk about Doctor's Orders. Let me first mm-hmm. say there was a pretty good novel called Doctor's Orders. Oh yeah. Uh, where basically Diane Duane, right? I believe so. Yeah, it was one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Diane Duane. Uh, and and the setup is uh, Bones is grumbling about how he could do it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirk and Spock go on a, a away mission and say, you know what, you could do it better. You're in charge. Goodbye. Yep. And then they get stuck on the planet, and Bones has to run the ship. And yeah, that's the whole book. Uh, it's great. This, yeah. It is, and I was disappointed that this was not the same basic. This was not an adaptation of that novel about. Well, I mean the same story with different characters for fifty years. You know, the same story with different characters would be all Mm -hmm. right, but you know, no, it wasn't that. It's something much dumber. So why don't you? Why don't you tell us, Matt? 
you know, we might as well just break up the Delphic Expanse into big chunks of weird crap, like it's a video game map. Here's the part where you have to be asleep. Here's the part that makes you crazy. Here's Waterworld, Lava World, and Yoshi's Racetrack. This week we're in the brain damage if you're not asleep, flocks, or a small dog world, and it's goddamn stupid. The crew realizes that the Expanse will rot their brains if they're conscious. While they travel through it. So Phlox puts everyone in a coma for four days. Personally, I would kill for four days alone with a beagle. By day two, I would be naked as a jaybird. And then DePaul shows up. Well, that's weird. I thought it was just Phlox and Porthos. Oh, wait, it wasn't. DePaul's a hallucination. But we won't find that out until the episode's thrilling twist ending. So then Phlox goes crazy and stuff, running around the ship, yelling at crew members, Zindi, and Hoshi wearing evil dead makeup. Alas, at no point does anyone cut off a lid with a chainsaw, so nuts to this bullshit. Eventually, Phlox and DePaul stop the engines from exploding like it was the end of The Shining, and everyone on the ship wakes up. And then Phlox realizes that DePaul was actually a ghost the whole time, and the whole episode was a sequel to Unbreakable! Woo! I liked the first half of this episode. Well, the first half of this episode is just the Doctor... On the ship with Porthos, like how do yeah, you? There's so much Porthos like that. In this. Yeah, the two best characters on the show, and Port por- not just Porthos, like cutting to reaction shots, but scampering around, running yep. around, and barking and sniffing things, and just being adorable. And yep, obviously this is my good thing. But I, I like as a quiet character thing, they were off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, let's see what Flocks like. Let's see if he can run the ship by himself, and let's yep. see him hanging out with the dog. And maybe at one point the life support goes wrong, and he has to fix that. That would be all right. Like a little bit of danger. Sure. I understand you need a little, but uh, then we took a turn. Yeah, that turn, man. That turn is my bad thing. Okay. The whole Tapal hallucination thing is dumb, and it doesn't work. And it's a real huge fuck you at the end of the episode, like. First of all, she's just there, which means I spent all the, the time wondering if I had missed that T'Pol would also be there. Yeah, and we both sec- just sort of thought the writers had made a mistake and we're just like, oh, well, sloppy writing, whatever. Yeah, like, she just shows up and Flox is just like, oh, hey, there you are. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, wait, what? D- yeah. Don't make me rewind this show. F- show. Yeah. yeah. Secondly, giving the doc a constant companion to talk to sort of ruins the isolation of the episode that this is supposed to be about. Like, mm-hmm. If you're constantly, like, afraid of crap that's, like, haunting your stupid spaceship, and you keep calling T'Pol for help, like, that sort of ruins it. Yeah. Thirdly, it's real obvious that T'Pol isn't there, because she never touches anything. Yeah, it gets to the point where there's an emergency, and he's like, okay, you operate that screen while I operate this one over here. And she just goes, uh. But, it, yeah, it, it makes her look dumb. Yeah, it really does. Like, it doesn't just tip its hat, but it makes her look like, Whoa. there's a literal part in the episode where she just, like, elaborately shrugs because she can't touch something. And the and the the trick is she's supposed to be under the effects of this, the anomaly or whatever, and, mm-hmm. like, she's losing her mind, but uh, we all figured it out. Yeah. And fourthly, fuck this episode, it's M. Night Shyamalan ending. Yeah. It's, it's not the best thing. Come on. This is so blown their mind. He's going to go into DePaul's DePaul's quarters and she'll be sleeping there. It'll blow their minds. Yeah, we all saw that coming. Yeah, no. All of us. Every one of us. Just stop it. Just stop trying to trick us. Tell Mm -hmm. a story. Start at point A and move to point B and don't get fucking tricksy with it. Just Just once. Just once. You're not not good at the twist ending. No. You're not good at it. 
You're not the Twilight Zone. You're yeah. just not. Like, there are shows that have been great at that. There have yeah. been modern shows great at it, too. You are not one of them. Yeah, like, it's time, if, it's time to figure this shit out. You're a military sci-fi show. Like... If that's what you're doing, all right, yeah. commit to it. Like, Battlestar Galactica's coming soon, and you'll they'll uh, be better at it, but, you yeah. know. I think <sighs> it might have already started at this point. Uh, I hope so. Pretty close. 2004, right? Uh, I think we're only in... We're in 2003 or 4, I don't remember. All right, so it's coming. Yeah. All right. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was super stupid. Mm-hmm. And uh, my bad thing. Yes. Didn't we have this exact episode on Voyager with Seven of Nine? Mm-hmm. Like we absolutely that, did. They all had to go to sleep, and she had to run the ship on her own, and she had the doctor to keep her company, and eventually she started hallucinating things. I am so sick of people seeing things that aren't there. Yeah, seriously. Like, you've used this trick so many times. to the, Like, if you get... If, if you do this so much that I never can trust anything that's happening, if I think... Everything I see is either going to not be real or it's going to be undone by the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. I I have nothing invested. I don't care what happens because anything mildly interesting is probably not real. Yeah. And so why do I give a fuck about anything? You got to use that shit sparingly. I'm not saying never use it, but don't just hit a big reset button in one way or another every week or I don't care what happens. Yeah, seriously. Like it completely ruins any drama that you're could possibly yeah. be going for on the show. Oh, they were never in danger because he just imagined it all. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, without getting into the specifics of it, I thought Discovery Discovery had done some pretty heavy things toward the end of their first season. Mm-hmm. And I I was sure yeah. they were going to hit a reset button. And I was like, you know what? If they do that, that like that's going to decide it for me whether I like the show or not. Yeah. If and they, they commit to their choices, then I'm in. Yeah. If, if they don't, then... Ugh. Yeah, no, I was really impressed. It's one of the reasons yeah. I like that show. They took some big dramatic chances that they then committed to. Yeah. And the Enterprise does not know how to do that. that that's not what happened this week, but no. this week it was just But more, it is, that is a thing Enterprise does. Yeah. This week it was more just, it's not there. You thought it was there, but it isn't. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh-huh. Ah. Uh. <sighs> Did you find a good thing? <laughs> oh, man. You know, I if I'm desperate, I'll go for a special effect so, shot yeah. or something that I thought looked cool. This yeah. one I was really reaching for. There's a real quality Zindi insect silhouette at one point <laughs> in this episode. Not the Zindi insect shows up a bunch of times. And I've seen that dude before. And he just looks like Zorak. And it's fine. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But there's a great Zindi silhouette that Flock sees and runs away from. And it looks like the mutant in this island Earth. And I loved it. <laughs> All right. So that that's that's all you got, huh? Just a, a a brief flickering of joy in a fucking in a long slog where the dog had already been taken. Yeah, no, long I, slog with the dog is my poem, by the way. That's a pretty good poem, huh? Now, which which Matt do we get with the Evil Dead makeup? Is it Ooh. Matt who enjoys seeing gross things, or Matt who is grossed out by gross things? Well, the Evil Dead is more going into monster territory, which I like, so mm. that's a positive. Okay. It was decent makeup. I mean, it's not no, it's my kind fine. of thing. But I'm curious as a as a horror aficionado. You have that kind of shit show up and it's just like, all right, none of this fucking matters. No one's melting off Hoshi's face. Yeah, obviously. And I they just did. like I, I wish that if they were gonna do that, they'd do it more in like they don't it's only for like a scene or something. I guess yeah. it's I guess they were trying to go for a decent jump scare. It just doesn't work. No, it doesn't. As we have said many times, like 
there are ways to mix sci-fi and horror. The, the Star Trek as a whole has almost never done it. Mm-hmm. Maybe once or twice over 700 episodes, but yeah, seriously. Not, not often. It's just not a good fit. No. And they were also locked into something they said in a previous episode where uh, Flox told someone who was hallucinating, like, hey, my people, when we hallucinate, it's it's cool. We like it. Yeah. And so they they had to say that because they had committed to it. And so even when we know he's hallucinating, it's like, yeah, but it doesn't even stress him out because his people think that's okay. So mm-hmm. there's no there's no tension whatsoever. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, good, hallucinations. I was waiting for this. <laughs> I mean, the only reason I wanted to be alone for all this time was to get some good hallucination in. Now I'm going to be tripping balls. <laughs> Did somebody yeah. say tripping balls? I don't think you've been born yet. Uh, ooh. <laughs> Uh, what else? Flux has a legitimate uh, can in the kitchen that says dead dove do not eat. Yup. It's, uh, what is it? Is it leeches? Yeah. Which he and, then uh, feeds to Porthos. Yeah, Porthos is, uh, does an adorable little bag. Uh-huh. Well, these are leeches. They'll clean out your intestinal tract. And he, ooh, like, okay. All right. Here you go. Clean dog it is. <laughs> I won't have to scoop up any poop for a while. <laughs> Maybe that's how they uh, keep the Enterprise clean. I don't know, man. I assume that they, they train have little... Him to po- that are they train him to poop in a box? Maybe, but you still got to empty the box somewhere. I, I mean, you just throw it out into space. So someday... Like some... that guy he was torturing that time. Oh, uh, yeah. Someday some Klingon ship's going to be cruising by and just like little dog turds are going to start hitting their windshield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I look forward to that. Oh. That's how one of the Klingon wars started. Or... They all collect, like, into their own gravitational field, and there's, like, a little, like, moon of, of dog oh. turds. Oh. Maybe, like, an asteroid. Maybe not, like, a full-on moon. But Oh, yeah, that's way better. <laughs> I mean, that that happens sometimes with space debris. If, you you know, things happen, right? They just all sort of clump together and form a gravitational field, so. Oh, thank yeah. God, as Spock taught us, smell doesn't travel in space. <laughs> Spock had to teach you that? Yeah. Well, he had to teach Chekhov that. Oh, well, I'll check out. But Chekhov taught me. But but there's no air. Close like, enough to smell them. Pretty pretty easy to figure out. Anyway, Matt, you're smarter than Chekhov is my point. I, thank you. That's the nicest thing you've said to me. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> I would say that about, like, Trip. Trip is smarter than Chekhov. That's definitely true. <laughs> Trip is not very smart. There's a team up I'd like to, well, watch <laughs> half of. Oh, well, I mean, he's no longer with us, unfortunately. But if it was new Chekhov, I'd be in. Mm-hmm. But uh, Koenig, no thank you. Yeah. Dueling accents. Oh, they also did that stupid thing that this show does pretty much every week now, where we mm-hmm. open on a mind-blowing thing, in this case, the ship being oh, completely God. empty. right. And then we flash back to find out how we got here. Yeah, seriously, like... You guys love that fucking... Uh, and it's not a bad device. It really oh, is. Oh, no, not at all. In, uh, in Medias Res, it's called. Yeah, and a lot of novels work that way. Dump you into the yeah. action, and then once you get a sense for what's going on, backtrack and tell you how we got here. That's fine. Yeah, but, but they do it every, every week. Yeah. Ooh, here's, here's the crazy thing. Aren't you wondering how we got here? No, you know what? I'm already into the crazy thing. Let's just move forward. Yeah. Just... Ugh. <sighs> So tired of this show. Mm-hmm. I, and also, your summary could have been one sentence. If I'd done this, it would have been one sentence. Oh, yeah. The, the last man in the expanse heard a knock at the door. <laughs> Fuck, that's pretty good. <laughs> Thought you'd like that. 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. At one point, uh, he's he's just gesturing, and there's there's something on the wing, like you know. literally, there's so, like there's something yeah. outside crawling around on the ship. Uh huh. Um, like, just make the Twilight Zone, dude. God. Yeah. Or Twilight. No, don't. In fact, don't. Do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. No. Don't. Yeah. No. I feel like we should have more things to say. I'm going through my notes and like we've covered all this because it's really not much what? happens in this one either. Yeah, no, why would we? Nothing happens in either of these episodes. No, but they They're sure just... happen for a long time. Yeah. You want to talk, I... god damn, I haven't done this in forever, but I checked the time and there was 30 minutes left in the show. Mm-hmm. I was bored that quickly. Yeah. No, like I say, there's a good 10 or 15 minutes mm-hmm. near the beginning where it's Phlox and, and uh, Porthos just wandering the corridors and it is adorable like the yep. dog is scampering to keep up and, and it's just like uh uh flocks is into it like yeah i'm gonna hang out with this dog this will be a mm-hmm. nice quiet few days for me and and at one point he actually does stroll into sickbay completely nude yep and i will give them credit we did see another character bare assed and it wasn't mm-hmm. exploitive it was kind of funny <laughs> like yeah I've, I've been on my own for a few days everyone is asleep and i know this because i'm a doctor i'm confident that they're all asleep so uh i'm yep. just gonna let it fly there is a funny story about that in uh, memory alpha i don't know if you saw that um, yes the guy who plays flocks said uh well what if what if flocks had like uh two penises what if mm-hmm. he's just like uh whips it out and everyone's like whoa and they're like okay john we wrote you a uh, nude scene here you go oh and unfortunately like they didn't like we, we won't have the first canonical appearance of a two-dicked alien until discovery but uh, alas yeah we'll get there we'll you get know there i always would have thought that the two-dicked alien would have come before the dick need alien but here we are yeah it's hard to tell like the mm-hmm. alpha quadrant like doesn't really have doesn't really follow a pattern when it comes to uh, genital assignment yeah it's just it's just random. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I wanted to tell that story first because I ha- I had originally thought that a good alternate title would be The Haunting of Dick 2. <laughs> it's but, pretty good. But you need a lot of setup to get there. So that's yeah. not my alternate title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got that's anything else? That's a lot else? of walk like... to two dick drink of water. <laughs> it's worth it, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like, like, we talked about the first one for the usual amount of time, and we've talked about this hardly at all, but what, like, what else is there? I don't, like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, this episode's just, like, it's literally him wandering around a haunted house that's not very haunted. But again, before he starts seeing shit, I liked it. Like, Mm -hmm. he's a charming enough character who can actually carry that. Yeah. He can carry a scene by himself. Like, I said this about a couple of different movies, like, uh, Castaway. Tom Hanks is good enough that you can watch him on screen with a volleyball mm-hmm. for a considerable amount of time. And yeah. um, uh, The Martian, Matt Damon's good enough. You can watch yep. him talking to himself to try and keep himself from going insane. Like, if if the actor is good enough and charming enough, you can watch them by themselves for an extended period of time. And I feel like this guy is good enough for that. Yeah, which is why I think one of the like reasons this episode doesn't work is that they give him a friend to talk to. Like The thing is, if it had been the... Uh, Flocks and Paul and Porthos show. That would have been fine. But mm-hmm. that wasn't the original premise we were sold. No. So, yeah, you're right. No, t- t- the the addition of the T'Pol hallucination just ruins everything. Yeah. No, it's all very stupid. Mm-hmm. This is all very stupid. In case you people weren't clear, <laughs> this is all just like one big stamp on the whole thing. Stupid. 
Ugh. Yeah. Oh dear. Is there is there anything else? Like I, I don't, don't know, man. I got like no notes in this episode. I got tons, but we've really talked about it all. I yep. think. At one point, he says it'll be no trouble at all, and I was just like, "That's not the expression." <laughs> um, I like uh, Porthos missing Archer. It was very sweet. I yeah, don't understand it, but I thought it was cute. It's it's for some. He has that effect on some people, like Shran too. Yeah, Shran will whine at Archer's door sometimes and come in and lick his face. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed you, buddy. Hey. Yeah. No, we that was have an adventure super, super again. Adorable. That's the only thing I have invested in John Archer at this point. Mm. That's a cute dog you have. We wouldn't yeah. have the dog if you weren't here, so that's something. Yeah. Literally it. If that dog was Trips, then I'd have nothing invested in, in the captain. <laughs> oh, and I would love Trip even more. Yep. Look at that uh, goofball and his dog. And thing is, it's a hound dog. Yeah. So it fits the it fits the southern thing. He definitely wouldn't be called Porthos, though. Oh god, no. <laughs> it's my dog old blue. No, no, no. He 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 talked about his dog who was named Beauregard. It wasn't Beauregard, but it's something like that. Beaufort. Oh, that's it, right. Yeah. It was very, you know, like Southern gentleman name. Oh, Beauregard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the Attorney General of the United States, Jefferson Beauregard Sessions. Yep. A real guy with a real name. Uh-huh. And you must say that entire name in a foghorn leghorn voice when you talk about him. Jefferson. I say Jefferson. Boy, I say boy. <laughs> All right. You got anything else for this garbage heap? Uh, I got a quote. What do you got? I got a quote about a little dog called Scruffers. On Earth, a dog called Scruffers traveled 3,000 kilometers attempting to reunite with its human keeper. Goddamn dog. <laughs> Where are uh, the pictures I asked for? It's Don on the phone. I haven't talked about that in a while. Ponderous, man. Fucking ponderous. That is how I would describe both of these episodes. What do you got for an alternate title? Uh, a Nightmare on My Street. The, in this case, the street in question is Phlox's, as is the nightmare. <laughs> well, now, see, you could have given the other one a, uh, a, a, a DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince-based title. I, this is the only D DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince uh, song I know. That is definitely not true. You could have called the previous episode Mako's Just Don't Understand. All right, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's just right off the top of my head, man. I give you that one. And uh, what what else? Uh, Girls of the World Ain't Nothing But Trouble. Don't know that one? Yeah, you do. You don't think you do, but you do. It samples the I Dream of Genie theme. I know the theme from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. See, that one I barely know. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there's uh, Summertime. And the living is easy? I think that's it. That might be Will Smith on his own, though. I can't mm. remember. Anyway, let's just talk about classic hip-hop for a while. It's like, Oh, man, that's going to be a pretty one-sided conversation, man. Yeah, but I always delight in, like, Matt, have a seat and let me tell you about... Now, if this, is about, if this on. is a discussion where you show me classic hip-hop and that's some what of I'm it saying. is Bismarck Key playing a piano dressed as Beethoven, we're going to have a grand old fucking that's, time. That was one of our, our finest moments on our other podcast was uh -huh. when, when I first introduced Matt to uh, Just a Friend by Bismarck Key, and I happened to be rolling, like, uh, recording to get his first reaction, which was three minutes of joyful laughter and clap. Uh -huh. Yeah. Remember Amazing. Joy? Before we started watching Enterprise? Vaguely. Yeah. It's been a while. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, my alternate title. I yes. did not go with The Haunting of Dick 2 as much as I wanted Aww. to. 
I wasn't positive I'd be able to work in the setup, so. Sure. Uh, what I decided on was the Imaginarium of Dr. Phlox. It's pretty good. It took me a while. I'm like, oh, this is hallucinating, imagine, oh, ooh. Nobody remembers this Terry Gilliam movie. There we go. We got a DVD. We got a DVD player and two copies of the Imaginarium of Doctor Flux. I don't know what that is. I'm from Breaking Bad. Ah, actually, the the Doctor Parnassus was that it? Yeah, it was actually a pretty good movie. Like I didn't like a couple of Gilliams before that, and then he seemed like a return to form. Yeah, but anyway, that's all for this week. Mm, I mean, yeah. we could we could talk about unrelated things, but I think uh, I think we probably won't. Yep. Check out our video game. Oh, yeah. The Adventures of Nick and Wilkins. Uh, we just got, uh, I just got interviewed by uh, a website, a very uh, generous British guy who uh, interviewed me and the mm-hmm. co-developer of the game, which uh, he's, he had some very kind things to say. But yeah, check out the game, nickandwillikins.com. Um, it's coming to Steam soon, if that's your yep. thing. So that'd be cool. Makes it easier to get. Yeah. Uh, but Even can, though the game is incredibly easy to get. Yeah, you go to that website and click download and you can get yeah. it for PC or Mac and it is completely free. And it's mm-hmm. like a zip file. You unzip it and start it. That's it. Yep. Um, we got the post the post toe shirt. Oh, yeah. Those are still a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Go to our website, postomacore.com. Click on store. Uh, there's a number of shirts offered uh, via our friends at uh, Real Printing. Uh, yep. They have uh, logo shirts uh, and a few different configurations and colors. And yeah, the post-to-toe shirts based on the Discovery Disco shirts. Yeah. Uh, if you want to send us an email, it is postatomicore at Gmail. We have a Tumblr. It is postatomicore.tumblr.com. Um, Matt is on Tumblr on Twitter at, at RobotMatt, and I am at Algar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are doing a live show on yes. June 30th, the first episode of Discovery. Not just a review, but a whole, like, celebration. A whole, like, the Rick Berman era is behind us. We are 15 episodes away from our final goal. Yep. Like, this is it. This is the home stretch. And and it will be at the Pocket Theater in Seattle, uh, June 30th. A lot of the regular guests will be there in addition to me and Matt. Uh, Mm It should be a great time. So save the date. Check it out. Uh, And I think that's all. Yeah. So uh, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.